All right, church, amen. It is good uh, to be in the house of the Lord, and uh, every Sunday I keep seeing a few of the uh, new, new, same old faces, let's put it that way, amen, and so it is really good to continue to, to see you. It's, a, it's an exciting time this morning, isn't it? Uh, new, new people are here, people are, are singing, and people are being engaged, and, and people are at church, and the Holy Spirit is moving, and so it is an awesome time to be in the house of the Lord. And God is always good, amen? And so we have so many things to be thankful for, we have so many things to be excited about, excited with Billy and his family to be here this morning, and uh, them leading us in worship, and so guys, thank you for that, Uh, what a blessing it was this morning. I pray that you have your Bibles with you, the important part of our Christianity, would you agree? Uh, the, the, uh, a basic principle of who we are is God's Word, and so I pray that you have your Bible, open it up to the book of Acts. Chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 1 through 10. So grab your bulletin, and on the back of that bulletin is your sermon outline, and we're going to work through that together this morning. Miss Kathy had a new. Where you at, Miss Kathy? Are you hiding back there? Where's Miss Kathy at? There she, you're, well, you're sitting differently. Normally you're over here. And so, and so Miss Kathy's been doing some dabbling of her own on the bulletin, and so I thought it looked pretty cool this morning. And so, Miss Kathy, uh, I thought you did a great job. And so she's, she's trying to tell me honestly that I need to cut my sermons down. And, and, and so that's what it is. She's like, Brother Donnie, I, I don't know if your outline is going to fit on this or not. And that was her nice way of saying, Preacher, you may be long-winded. And, and to cut that down. And so, but Miss Kathy, thank you. And uh, we appreciate uh, all that Miss Kathy does. And so, the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And you can see title of the sermon this morning, Holy Spirit-powered. Holy Spirit-powered. You, you notice we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit in the church much anymore, do we, Leroy? Uh, it's kind of something that in the Southern Baptist denomination, you know, we, we know it's there. We, 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 we know it's a part of who we are. We know the Holy Spirit lives within us as a new creature and a new creation of Jesus Christ. But it's something that we don't talk a lot about. And so, you know, if you're a new person and you come into the church, there's a lot of things that you see. Would you agree? I mean, you look inside a church, and uh, you may see a coffee shop. We've got one right out here, Cafe Connect. I miss coffee in the mornings. Anybody else? Uh, Miss Ann, I know there's a couple of you guys. But I miss that little corner there where we have conversations, uh, and we just talk about life over a cup of coffee. Or, uh, you probably miss the cocoa, don't you? Yeah, I figured that. Um, but, but the coke, so you, you see coffee shops. You see libraries. You see computer rooms, you see multi-use facilities, you see TVs, we put two new ones up, projectors, nurseries, daycares, all of these things that, that can do and bring glory to God if they are used for His purpose. But there's one common denominator that every church must possess if we're going to be the church that Christ has called us out to be. If we're going to be the church that Christ has ordained us to be, if we're going to go beyond the the old sayings of, and I've heard these before, us four and no more, or God's holy huddle, if you will. If we're going to be the church that God has given the great commission of reaching our county, our our state, our country, our world, then we've got to be a spirit-filled church of expectation. Amen? 
That's what we have to be. Not a church that's stagnant, not a church that's lazy, not a church that is built off their, their morals, not a church that, well, this is who we were in 1999 and through 2005. No, we've got to be a church that the expectation of what God is going to do is going to continue continue to work, continue to heal, continue to provide. And many times what we miss out on is this Holy Spirit-powered expectation. We miss out on this. You know, on the day of Pentecost, the power of God, it, it turned despairing disciples into dynamic disciples, amen? Because they had received something. But what did they receive? They received the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us they were clothed with power from on high. But power for what? That's the question. Power for what? Did they receive the power of God so they could just feel good about themselves? Is that why they received it? Did they receive the power of God just to keep it to themselves? No. They received the Spirit to energize them to be witnesses of Jesus Christ in a society that was bound with religion, but they were not bound in faith in Jesus Christ. You know, in our text this morning, we're going to see the power of God healing a human life. And what an amen that is. And in this story of this lame man who begged at the temple gate every day called Beautiful, in this passage, we're going to see a real example of the power of God to heal. But the message of this text, it's not just limited to physical healing in any way. But within the text, I'm going to share with you four ways on how a spirit-filled church can touch a hurting world. And let's be honest right now, are you ready? Isn't this a hurting world that we're living in? Man, Jesus, we, we need revival, Lord. Uh, we need hearts that are, that are touched for the gospel. We need people that are willing to, to share their testimonies. We need people that are willing not to be scared to be a Christian. We need people that are willing to help touch a hurting world and to leave the politics aside because, church, I'm going to tell you, it's all about Jesus. Uh, that, that's who it's all about. It's all about the Lord. It's all about the Savior. You know, I hear people all the time, you know, Brother Donnie, what in the world are we going to do? What in the world is this world going to come to? Let me, let me tell you all real quickly, and I'm going to chase this rabbit, and then we'll get into what we're going to preach about. There is nothing wrong in this world today that Jesus can heal. There's nothing wrong in this world today that Jesus can heal. And that is our primary issue is that people are lost. And when people are lost, they do lost things because they've not had a renewal of their mind. They've not had a renewal of their heart. They've not had a renewal of why they are alive and why they are living and who they are living for. But once you meet Jesus, see, all that changes. Or it should, amen? And so look at our scripture this morning. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Listen to what the Bible says. It's a great story. One day Peter and John, they're, 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 they're going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And now a crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. 
And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Basically, the Jews, they called it almsgiving. And so verse 4, Peter looked straight at him as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. Three words. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold, I don't have. But what I have, I give you. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's pray. You ready? Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us come to worship you. Father, thank you for letting us come to sing praises unto you. Father, thank you for letting us come to give our tithes and our offerings unto you. God, we get to come. This isn't about, hey, you got to get up and get to church. This isn't about anybody forcing you to do anything. This is about you, Father, giving us the freedom to come and worship you and to be a part of you and to be a part of a church family. Father, I thank you so much for that. God, thank you for Billy and his family this morning. Thank you for safe travels. Thank you for watching over them and getting them here. Thank you for the word spread this song. And God, we pray that you use that this morning. And Lord, as we talk about Holy Spirit-powered believers this morning, God, maybe there's some of us that need a, a boost. Father, maybe there's some of us that need to be energized. And God, it doesn't matter if we're 15 or if we're 85. Lord, sometimes we need to be boosted. Father, sometimes we need to be reminded of the one that lives within us and what you have called us to be and called us to do. And so, God, I pray this morning that you touch each and every one here. Father, I pray this morning we see people move for the gospel. Father, I pray this morning we see hearts healed, Lord. Souls healed, Father God. That we may add, Lord, not just to Cecilia, but Father, that we may add to the kingdom. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. It's getting louder every Sunday. Wow. I I love it. Now, I I want us to look at this lame man that's mentioned in our scripture this morning. We we don't know a ton of information about this gentleman, but we, we know just enough. Now, the scripture explains to us that this man had been crippled from what? From birth. So think about the tragedy of that. This man had never been able to stand. This man had never been able to walk. This man had never been able to play with the other kids. He, he didn't have what you would consider a, a normal teenage life, per se, and he was never able to work. Think about that for just a second. And now the Bible tells us that he's in his 40s, according to chapter 4, verse 22. And every day he relied on others to carry him to the temple so that he could beg for a living. And we can only speculate what effect that may have had on this man's heart. He he could have easily been bitter. There had never been a day in his life when he didn't have someone else that was helping him somewhere. He, he couldn't walk. He, he couldn't work. All he could do was beg and sit there and hope that people would have pity on him. And this was his daily grind. 
This was his daily routine. This is what he lived with. This is what he lived for, per se, each and every day of his life. And so this man really symbolizes for us some real tragedy that we see in life. And as we picture him, we're reminded of the fact that everywhere we look, there is human hurt. There is human suffering. There is human tragedy. We have seen it in our country over the last couple of weeks. Things that have just broken our hearts. And we think, Lord, how can this stuff happen? What is going on? Sometimes it manifests itself through physical affliction, such as what we see in this man this morning, but more often it goes unseen by the human eye. For everyone who is crippled physically, there are also those that are crippled emotionally. There are also those that are crippled socially. And there are also the millions and the millions that are crippled spiritually. And this man, he fixed himself at the temple at the hour of prayer that he knew people would come by and worship the Lord. And so this man was expecting a few things every day in his life. Number one, he was expecting that he would beg for money each and every day. Now, how many of us have ever done that? How many of us have ever been placed somewhere by someone expecting every single day of our life that we would sit somewhere and we would just beg for money? Number two, he was expecting help from others as he begged. And so he had this expectancy in his life that when he was placed at a certain place in a certain position that someone, everyone, would help him because of his issues, his physical limitations that he had in his life. And then number three, he was probably expecting to receive just enough to get through another day. You know, many of the Jews, we, we, we like to tell each other, well, you know, I'm living month to month. Many people do. But for the Jews, on many parts, they were living day to what? Today. How many of us have ever experienced that in our lives? And so here comes Peter and John, and they're skipping rope, I like to pretend, and they're having a great day, and they've probably had breakfast. And, and, and so they're, they're energized, they're feeling good, they're going up to the temple to pray, and their, their intention is not just praying, but their intention is also being a great witness for Jesus Christ. I mean, picture this, 3,000 people had already put their faith in Jesus and so there was an explosion of Christianity. Amen. People were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And the Lord, the Bible says, was adding to their numbers what? Daily. Wow. Can you imagine seeing that? The church exploding. People coming. People getting saved and baptized and being a part of the body happily and emotionally and being connected. That's what we love to see. Amen? So this was going on right in front of them. And here's where our sermon outline begins. Are you ready? Number one. Holy Spirit-powered believers live lives of what? Expectancy. I know it's a big word, but that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be living lives of expectancy. 
And I think it's absolutely amazing that Peter and John, they were living a spirit-filled life of expectation. They knew that the gospel of Jesus was spreading like wildfire. They knew the power of the Holy Spirit was real. They knew they needed to be prayed up for whatever came their way. And they knew that their mission was to go and to be the light and the salt of the what? Of the earth. And so they felt really, really good. They were encouraged. They were empowered. They were living a life of expectancy. So here's Peter and John. They, they see this lame man sitting at the temple gate, and he's begging. And this is where the normal situation turns abnormal, amen, for this lame man. So he's used to people just walking by. He's used to people just seeing his condition. He's used to some people maybe just flipping a, a piece of change to him each and every day and really probably not engaging with him in some genuine conversation. But oh man, things are getting ready to change, amen? Things are getting ready to change for this man. Peter stopped and he said to him three words. He said, look at us. Man, there's been some times that I'd love to pick some men up by the collar and say, would you just look at us? <laughs> Amen. There's been some times that I, I've wanted to have some conversations with some women and say, would you just stop and look at us? What did they want? They wanted this man's what? They wanted his attention. Not for their sake, but for his sake, for God's sake. That's what they were doing. So they come by, they see him, they look at him, and then he looks at him. Look at us. His faith was quickened by Peter's words. And, now, and here's the thing. Now more than likely the man was thinking this serious conversation would more than likely lead to unusual amount of generosity and so what does he do he gives them his utmost attention and let me say this real real quickly in church i want you to hear me very attentively if you ever want to receive anything from god then you have got to be willing to give him your undivided attention and not just a few moments here and there amen and for many people, that's what they want to do. They want to give God the crumbs. They want to give the Lord just the things that are left over in this life. I found this story, an example from a pastor of a Baptist church, and here's what he said, not my words, this is the story. He said, one of the reasons why there are people in our congregation who have been coming here for years but whose lives have hardly any different than they were when they first came is that they've never given their attention to God. There are not many. Almost everybody has been changed as we have met together here with God, but there are some. They have never expected to receive anything when they came. Unfortunately, there are those, young and old alike, who turn off their minds when they get into a church service. I hope and pray none of you have turned off your mind. They start thinking of all kinds of things, other things. They start taking mental trips and they start playing mental games. But unfortunately, the life-changing truth that goes out from the Scripture it misses them. It passes them right by, and they sit there for years and years and years and never are changed. Wow. How can you be a Christian and never be changed? Did anything ever really happen to begin with? Amen. This lame man wasn't probably expecting much that day as he said in the temple gate, probably just enough to get by. And I wonder if we had that same mentality in our churches today. 
We just want to get what? We just want to get by. If anything happens, amen. If nothing happens, that's okay. We're going to get out. We're going to go eat. We're going to socialize. We're going to fellowship. We're going to have our day. And so how many of you all actually prayed before you came this morning, God, do something today. Fill this church, Father. We want to see people get saved. We want to see people get baptized. We want to see people join the church. Lord, we want to see lives healed and marriages healed and relationships healed and people healed. How many people have been praying that this week that, God, when I go to church the expectations not going to be what I look like on Sunday morning but father the expectation is going to be what you show up and what you do how many of us have prayed that prayer this week see you know why because we just get used we just get normalized And so each week, the church is there, we go, we're a part of it, we go home, nothing changes, nothing happens for the better, nothing happens for the worse. We just show up and we grow up and then we go and then we just do what we do. But see, that's not the kind of church that I think Jesus calls us to be, amen? He calls us to be a church of expectancy. We we have stopped expecting to see God do great and wonderful, miraculous things among us. Is that what we want? No, I want to see God do miracles. Amen? I want to see God heal the unhealable and touch the untouchable. And let's love the unlovable. That's what I want to see our church become and be. And then look at verses 6 through 7. The the minute that Peter had this man's attention, he did two things. Well, first, he admitted his lack of material things. I imagine many of us can probably understand what he's saying. Amen? Uh, he says, silver or gold? What? I don't have. And it's not that they were opposed to giving the poor anything. They just could not give him something that they didn't want. That they didn't possess. And then he demonstrated his amazing adequacy in the spiritual realm, which what I love. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what? Walk. And this is where number two comes into play. You ready? Holy Spirit power. Believers are prepared to share the power in the what? In the name. Holy Spirit power. Believers are prepared to share the power in the name. Now, church, listen. It's important that we understand and notice the name. The name wasn't just Jesus Christ, but the name was Jesus Christ of what? Of Nazareth. Now, a person's name was more than just a name back then. A person's name, it meant power. A person's name, it meant authority. A person's name meant respectability. A person's name, it meant assurance. And so when Peter looked at the man and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He's really saying this, in the power of Jesus Christ, the same Jesus. Think about this, from a town of nothing where nothing good could come from. He says, I want you to get up and what? And walk. That same Jesus. It's amazing. The same Jesus that others looked down upon from Nazareth was the same one that was about to do a miracle in this man's life. A man that had been looked down upon his whole what? His whole life. And Peter reached down, he pulled the man up, and the Bible says the man's feet and and his ankles became strong instantly. There was no delay. 
Now, when it comes to physical healings, listen, there are those that believe that those gifts ended with the apostles. But let me say this. I have seen Jesus heal people who were given an absolute no chance of survival. And they can't explain it. Amen? I have seen people be told you're not going to live past six months. I've seen people be told you're not going to live past a year. I've seen people be told you're never going to have kids. You're never going to walk. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and he heals that life. And the doctors, they look puzzled. They look like they have no idea what has happened in that man or that woman or that child's life. Well, I can tell you, but do you want to listen? Jesus showed up. Jesus healed that life. And through faith in Jesus, Peter was given the ability to heal this man, and that gift was much bigger, believe me, than just a few coins. Peter can only give him what he had. And so is the same with us. Church, hear me. If, if, if we don't possess a living relationship with Jesus, we will never be able to impart a heavenly touch to others because you cannot give them what you don't want what you don't have. And this is in greatly great this is why it's greatly important that you mature in your spiritual walk with who? With God. And so if you're sitting here this morning and you think, you know, Brother Donnie, I've been saved for 10 years. I've been saved for 15 years. I've been saved for 20 years. But Brother Donnie, my, my walk with God is no more than it was when I first got saved. Well, something's amiss. Something has went awry. Something is not where it needs to be. Because listen to me, that was just the beginning of your walk with God. Amen? When you came and got saved and got dumped and joined the church, that was the start of what God was doing in your life. That wasn't the end of what it was. God wants much, much, much more from you. And this is why people say, Oh, pastor, it's not easy being a Christian. You're right. You're right, because you're not living for you anymore. You're living for who now? You're living for Jesus. And so we have these fights and these battles in our lives, and it's like, well, I know that I'm saved. I got dumped. I joined the church. My name's on the roll. But are you connected? Are you growing in your walk? Are you growing in your faith? I, you know, people have come to me, Brother Donnie, I've been here for five years, really not got connected, really not done a, a whole lot. I've just kind of walked in and, and I walked out. No, 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 no. That's not what God wants. Anybody can do that, amen? God wants you to be discipled into the church. God wants you to grow with your brothers and your sisters. God wants you to be connected to Cecilia and Hardin County and your co-workers and your church family. They're there's much more to what you get than just walking down and saying, Oh, Father, I am saved. God gave you something nobody can ever take from you. He gave you the Holy Spirit. Amen. And He's expecting something in return. Something in return. What did Peter share with this man? We shared his faith, he shared his trust. He shared his spirit-given ability to heal, to, to heal that man. And then he gave him his undivided attention. You know, think about this. What do you have to share with others in the power of Jesus' name? What do you have? Maybe it's your testimony. Maybe it's your testimony. 
Maybe it's encouragement. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's just praying with someone. Maybe it's giving a little bit of your time or, or what God's given you financially. And Luke's very careful to make sure that we get the total impact of what happened next. Verses 7 tells us he took him by the right hand, he lifted him up, and immediately his feet, his ankle bones, he received strength. And look at verse 8, the Bible says he jumped to his what? He jumped to his feet and he began to walk and then he went with them into the temple courts and he's walking and he's jumping. He's excited and he's praising God. The man that had never walked a day in his life stood up and he leaped and he didn't quit leaping. Amen? He didn't stop. And look at the metamorphosis of this man because the result of this miracle, the man was changed. Not only was he healed, but joy flooded his soul. You know why? Because here's your third point. Holy Spirit-powered believers help impart joy on others. Amen? We bring joy. And how do we do that? We impart that through the Holy what? Through the Holy Spirit. The Scripture says, And he went with them into the temple courts. He was walking and jumping, and he was praising God. Why? Because someone cared enough to reach out to him in the name of Jesus. And what did this meant to him? It meant now that he could walk. It meant now that he could work. It meant now that he could have a life that was more full, per se, than what he had before. But it meant much, much, much more than just that. It meant somebody cared. It meant somebody cared. This man had been healed in many ways that day. Amen? Praise God for that. How could he help but not rejoice? And this is precisely what he did. So instead of sitting at the temple gate, he was now walking. He was now leaping and praising God in the temple courts. And I'd say he excited and so should we it's okay to be excited church amen it's okay to have some excitement and some emotion and seeing God work in our lives Vance Havner once said he says some dear souls think themselves dignified when really they are just petrified <laughs> have we lost our leap in his book, The Crisis in the University, Sir Walter Moberly tells professing Christians, if one-tenth of what you believe is true, you ought to be ten times as excited as you are. Do we believe it? Do we really live it? And then look at verses 9 through 10. The, the crowd at the temple that day, they witnessed some things, didn't they, church? They, they, they saw some things. Number one, the people knew it was the same man who had been what? who had been lame all of his life. And so the people saw this with their own eyes. Number two, they knew a miracle occurred in this man's life. This guy had been lame since birth. They'd been taking him and picking him up and moving him and putting him, relying on someone else. Now he's walking on his own two feet. So something miracle, there, there was a miracle that occurred. Something miraculous occurred. And then number three, they were filled with a wonder and amazement, the Bible tells us, because of this miracle. And this leads us to our last point. You ready? Holy Spirit-powered believers can display a wonderful what? Witness. God gives us the opportunity to display a wonderful witness. Yes, this man was healed physically, but he was displaying a wonderful witness because I wholeheartedly believe that this man was healed spiritually. I really do. 
And church, let me ask you, what are some things that God has healed you from? I want you to think of your own life right now. Oh, preacher, I don't, I don't want you getting too deep into the kitchen, but I want to rattle it up. Amen. I want to have a complete renovation this morning. We're going to flip and flop. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to think for just a minute in your own life, what are some things that God has healed you from? It could have been an addiction. It could have been an addiction. Maybe it was a hard heart. Maybe it was a bad attitude. Maybe it was the way that you treated others. Or maybe God actually healed you physically. And because of these healings, did you know that you can share a wonderful witness to help heal others? Church, let me ask you, you ready? Are we surprised when God does something unbelievable in the life of someone we know or don't know? Shouldn't a spirit-filled church that seeks God's wonderful touch, we don't want to just experience in our own lives, but we want others to experience it as well. This lame man, he is now healed. He received what every person is in need of, a heavenly touch from God. And if we're going to be a Holy Spirit-driven church that wants to be a witness for Jesus, then let's remember two things. And this is in your, this is in your outline. You ready? Number one, first God works. Amen? First God works. God does something. God changes a life. God does something that only God can do that man cannot do. Let's pray for that. How many of you all right now, there's something going on in your life, there's something going on in your family, and you're like, God, you're the only one that can what? That can change it. Lord, you're the only one that can heal it. How many of you all know that's exactly what you need in your life? And then man explains what God did. Peter explained that it was by faith in the name of Jesus this man was healed. Church, don't you love telling people how Christ can change their lives? Man, I do, because I know he changed mine. We ought to love that. This is why our testimonies, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are so vitally important. First, God does something to you. And then, as people see that, they ask you, what happened in your life? And this is why Peter tells us, always be ready to give an answer to every man who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you with gentleness and courtesy. That is what witnessing is all about. Some of you this morning, maybe you feel like this lame man. Maybe some of you feel like you've been ignored. Maybe you feel like you've just been lying at the gate looking for help and you don't really expect any more than a friendly hand or a little help along the way. But church, hear me. God has much, much more for you in store. Amen. Or maybe as a church we have forgotten as a spirit-filled body of Christ, He's called us to be mobile and He's called us to reach out to a hurting world as we go through our daily lives. Church, this morning, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for strength. And we're going to pray for courage. And we're going to pray for a new understanding of who we are because my God is still a God of miracles. My Savior is still expecting us to live a life 
empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's expect movement, amen? Let's expect to see God do something great in Cecilia Baptist. Let's expect God to do something great in Hardin County. Let's expect God to do something great in Cecilia. Let's expect to see God, expect to see us moving. This invitation, this altar, this is, this is your altar. This is a time for you to come up, and I know we're all scared to death of this virus. My goodness, it's called so much fear, we, we're scared to walk out our doors, amen? And I, I don't want to disrespect anyone's opinion, I don't want to disrespect anyone's ambitions, but I'm going to tell you right now, there's more people dying not knowing Jesus that are dying with this virus. I'm more concerned about those that are dying without Jesus. And they got to see him through us. They got to see him through us. And so maybe you need to come and pray this morning to have a heart change. Maybe you need to come and pray this morning about what God's expecting you to do in your life. I want to see God do miracles. I want to see God do things that only God can do. Are we expecting that? Do we want to see that? Maybe it needs to start with us. Amen. And so as we have this time of invitation, you guys come. Church, we're going to stand. And we're going to sing. And we're going to pray. Amen. And we're going to watch and see what God does.